What do you mean by that? By what you just said, you've been so. So okay, um, when you, what, what I do is, um, you know, I try to help other business owners to do the to do business to to build their business, which is presumably built around their passion. Um, and the people that I work with, it's always built around their passion for the Did most part. Did you say you try or you, I don't think you try. I think you do it. No, I, I'm going to stick with try. Okay. I try to go out and get new, you see what I mean? Like, I, I'm not like a, not like a, maybe I'll do it. Maybe I won't, but I'm actually actively trying to meet entrepreneurs that are on their way up the mountain gotcha. uh, and, and help those folks to get there in an easier way. But before we hit record, I was talking about how just in the last couple of months, I've really found um, my own exploration of um, of ideas that I've held for a long time are sort of like crumbling under entropy, like they're crumbling towards entropy. In other words, like hmm. uh, these really big complex ideas that I took a long time to go out and learn are like suddenly disappearing and things are getting so much simpler if that makes sense. And so where I would previously sit around and think about like, okay, so how do you write a good email or how do you write a good ad or how do you, mm. how do you get somebody to want to go do CrossFit? Like, right. This is something I'm sure we've both explored. Um, yeah. You, you, you go like, Oh, this guy, you know, has this technique to, to convince, to persuade people. And, and this person has, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, um, method where you, you know, build trust and liking people know, like, and trust you. And then you jab, jab, mm. jab, right hook and all these kind of concepts that all definitely have merit. Um, yeah. what I've found is whenever I've written something lately, especially writing the videos, I think they come out so naturally for anybody, you know, that is making short form video or podcasts or any of that type of stuff. But the, the emails you're forced to look at what you wrote. And this is from somebody who's never written a book and I'm not a journaler. And, and, and so as I do, uh, anytime I'm sniffing out bullshit and what I'm writing, it causes me to examine that and, and go a slightly deeper and, 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 you know, add meaningful differentiation between what I'm saying and what other people maybe are saying. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just have found personally that a lot of things that you just, you just take so many, uh, some ideas at, um, at face value because somebody that's more successful than you or that's well known or that has done a lot of great things in their life said that that's how they did it. And mm -hmm. so what I've found is so quickly, uh, I'm just like continually cutting, cutting away more and more things around these ideas to, and leaving like very, very simple concepts, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It, it sounds like, you know, and, and you know, you and I have very similar backgrounds and histories and in business and from what I'm from what I know about you and and there's a lot of information out there too you know especially now it, because it's so accessible you can go out and learn a new framework a day for how to do the same thing yeah but but what I find and and I imagine this is what you're coming to the realization of too is like those are all well and good, but they're that's their way of approaching a certain idea or concept that's worked for them, and it helps them explain in their own words what uh, what exactly they're doing. But it might not be exactly what how you you would understand it or how you would explain it. And so, you know, we're in this we're in this age where information is everywhere. P 
people are trying to get our attention all the time too. And it's so easy. It's so easy to get our attention because we're constantly distracted by these little things and mm-hmm. looking for answers and looking for new ways of doing things instead of identifying, well, what's working, what's not working, how can we make this easier, better and simpler, and not just to be able to share it with other people, just to internalize it, utilize the tools, which, I mean, you've been running a successful business for a while. I imagine when you learn something new, when you come across a new idea or concept or framework, it just adds more context to what you're already doing. Have you ever experienced that where you you find something new, you learn something and you're like, oh, I've been doing this all along, or I've always been doing this, doing it this way. Yeah, uh, it's funny. Just to, the, the the TLDR of this will be that I, I I turned to my wife the other day and I I told her I reverse engineered Buddhism. Like, we, <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and it's a joke, but like I was I was sitting around and, and just more and more, you know, I'm on a hike or I'm driving home from jujitsu with my face all red and puffy and just totally placid, you know. After that, and uh, and I'll be like, you know you know, some maxim about how I want to live or whatever. And I'm like, oh shit, that's like from Siddhartha or something. You know, it's just, it's just funny how the, those things kind of happen. Yeah. Um, but, but to answer your question, I think frankly, um, you know, going back to this meaningful differentiation thing, the, the, the longer I live, I think all learning after a certain point, like, like there's a certain point where m- most learning is acquiring new information. You start out in a dark room or like on the map from Zelda where it's just all black and you can only see the areas mm-hmm. that you've been before. Um, and, but at a certain point, the map is exposed. And so now it's, it's about actually increasingly segmenting information into more and more nuance and, and more meaningful differentiation. And so, mm-hmm. um, and so to your point, um, the folks that I work with, um, are trying to climb a mountain, but so many of them have never considered what the mountain is or why they want to go up to the top of it. They really just want to know how to get up a mountain. Mm-hmm. And so, so I find that uh, to, to mix the metaphor, I find that so many people want to turn the, the, the volume up, you know, through frameworks, like you said, uh, things like ads or funnels or podcasts or videos or uh, social media or whatever it is, um, multiple locations, whatever. They want to turn the volume up on a song that isn't clear yet, on a song that they don't have, they haven't quite finished the lyrics. It's not clear. The beat's not Mm. quite right. Um, And so um, uh, because of that, I think part of that is because that's where the incentive is. It's like, if you learn this thing, the volume thing, Mm -hmm. uh, if you learn this thing, then we can magnify your impact. And they go, oh, impact. I heard that I want that. And that feels like I would enjoy <laughs> having it. Um, I heard that I want that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and I think a lot of times it's, it's the moment you hold a mirror up to that and just say, hey, like, don't squirm. I want you to answer this one question. What yeah. what, is, what is it that you want? And why is it that you want to do that or get there or help those people or whatever the thing, right? Um, and the moment you do, the truth is the answer is usually there, but you can tell that people haven't spent any time thinking about it, mm-hmm. you know? And so- um, I don't know. I just, I just am finding more and more that the people that, you know, these, these wise people when I was young, whether it was my mom or my dad or, uh, or Bugs Bunny or, um, Mark Twain, like these people that when I was young, they would say these simple things and you'd be like, ah, that's just what old guys say. You know, Mm -hmm. they'd be like, tell the truth, you know, be consistent, (laughs) show up and and work hard, give to others and others will want to give just all these things that are like, 
there's a reason it's like there's a reason that those thoughts and ideas have been passed down in such pure simple ways and, and the truth is is like i think that um most people that live in that like middle of the bell curve of performers and i mean this for athletes all the way to entrepreneurs most mm -hmm. people think it's more mm -hmm. but i i think a, a good sculptor from from the old days in italy would tell you it's always less mm. you know what i mean yeah we we multiply by subtracting Damn. Take, shed 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 take things away to reveal what's supposed to be there or what was meant to be there and i love how you say like people want to climb a mountain but they really haven't picked one yet or they're like oh they it. picked yours you know or they, they picked, picked somebody some, else yeah 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 i i wrote this morning um here's a, a thought i've been having lately actually um but i wrote about this morning on my instagram about um how we're on this big adventure in life like life is an adventure i i believe so i'm big into actual adventures like i love going and climbing mountains like i've got mm -hmm. mountains tattooed on me and it's fun and it's a great metaphor too right great metaphor great great fucking metaphor but life is an adventure and there's like that one greatest adventure a question i love to ask people is hey what's the what's like the adventure you've always wanted to go on but you, you just never have and, and like, why haven't you? Mm. And, you know, people give me cool answers for that. But there's this, what I call life's greatest adventure, which you could also call like your vision or your mission in life. Um, the thing that when you're on track for it, you feel so connected to your purpose and who you are. Like, what is that thing? What is that thing that frees you, that gives you so much bliss or even timelessness you know when you're doing something and it's as if time doesn't exist or even matter and for some reason good things just start to happen as a result of that because you're so connected to who you are and you don't even care what other people have to think or say or any of that stuff you're just on this you know you have tunnel vision essentially and I asked people, you know, this is what I wrote this morning. Like I asked people, like, what is that for you? What's that thing? Because that's a, it, it gives you a really clear indicator of what your mountain might be if you haven't given it much thought. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, like you said, people aren't really thinking about it very much. Even in entrepreneurship, like I know entrepreneurs, I'm sure you do, who just get into it. They start businesses because they see it's a path to make money and that's cool. And they also see it's a path to freedom and having control of their time or they don't like to be told what to do. They're not good employees. So they start a business, but they don't have a purpose. Mm -hmm. Right. Now you help people. And we've talked about this before. You help people and you kind of start at, you know, the vision and start with, with what that is. Right. Yeah, I, I, just to react to what you were saying, though, yeah. first, um, you know, I think uh, I actually envy those people that get into business for money, because with the knowledge <laughs> that both either of us, with the knowledge that you have or the knowledge that I have, uh, there's no question that I could own a chain of, you know, very successful dry cleaning businesses um, totally. or, or whatever it is. Like, I've, I've been a member of masterminds where, you know, um, everybody is 
tearing their guts out trying to make a difference in the world for positivity and change and they're poor and they can't figure it out and they're so in love with doing the profession that they can't even pay attention to learn how to be a business right uh that's those are the people that I, I have chosen to to work with, to be, to to help. Right. Uh, but I've been in masterminds, too, mm-hmm. where like the path is to make a lot of money or, or and, and by the way, I think it's it's I think it's um I think it's maybe incorrect to assign some negativity to that. Like there's a simplicity to that. Yeah. And those are the same people that are like donating to charities and they're very active in local community or church or whatever it is. And they're you know, their thing is is different than my thing. But but man, my thing. Um, my thing's tough. Um, and it's just, um, I think, uh, I don't think I had a choice, man. I can't do your thing. I can't do it your way. And, And in fact, increasingly what I was talking about earlier about putting things down is me choosing to not continue to do versions of other people's thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, and there is some, some nuance to that, but, uh, but I don't, I don't have a choice, man. I have to. So you ask me what my adventure is. My adventure is exactly mm. the life that I'm living because I always am doing exactly what I want. And I want to unpack that a little bit. Like yeah, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not eating. Yeah. I'm not eating candy all day and fucking traveling to Brazil to kayak when I have a wife and daughter at home. I am taking the path that I chose to do the things that I believe in strongly and passionately, whether that's with my family or with jujitsu and and CrossFit or whether that's with my podcast or my business. Those are all things that I chose. And any time that I'm not doing something more fun, it's only because I've made a contract with myself to not do that until I get that thing that I want more. And so, so when I'm not at any given moment of the day, I am making a positive choice to pursue my adventure of my dreams. It's just how I'm getting there isn't immediate. I'm not boarding a plane to Brazil. I'm Mm -hmm. doing the thing that'll allow me to board a private plane to Brazil when the time is right. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like, uh, and that's a silly metaphor, but, um, yeah. So, so absolutely. It is is silly and, and it works. What, What I, what I'm hearing from what you're saying is, and you know, I love what you said about like you, you already have everything you want. You're living the life you want. And something I say too is like, if you didn't want this exact lifestyle, you would change it. Yes. You would, you'd do something different. Like I, I don't want to wake up at five o'clock in the morning. I like to wake up at seven thirty. Yeah. And if I, if I wanted to get up earlier, I would get up earlier. So why do I set an alarm for five o'clock in the morning? Like, why would I do that? (laughs) Right, Because it's it's someone else's impression or projection onto me of what I think I should be doing. And then I, whatever. But the life that I have is exactly what the one that I want. And I can, and this is where I I find some, you know, people get lost sometimes is they say they want something, but then their actions or behaviors don't necessarily necessarily reflect that and so you can ask you know yourself if that's you listening to this you know do you really want that thing do you really want that success or whatever that is to you if it's a dollar amount if it's an hour's amount of work or if it's anything do you really want it and if you do then well why aren't you going after it why aren't you living that way and I learned this a, a number of years ago, like the big, biggest difference between where you are today and where you, you know, 
can be or where you want to be is not a matter of like repetition or doing anything specific. It's changing your behavior and becoming the person who can have that thing. And that changes things. That changes the, the, the attitude around this thing we call entrepreneurship. Like you can be in business for the impact or you can be in business for the money. You can do it for both. The, it, it doesn't really matter. Like as long as you're sort of getting what you need out of it. Now, if you're suffering, then that, and I hope you recognize that's a choice too. And you're, you're letting that in, like what you described before the mastermind with people who are in it for the, the impact and the, making meaning of something and helping people but they're broke they're running a broken system they're running a broken system well that's a lack it's, of it's, knowledge too it, it may be yeah but but actually it's funny how simple the questions are it's not mm -hmm. do you have a sales funnel it's not do you uh do you eat the right food and train in, in your gym x amount of times per week with the great coach or anything like that it's literally like did you choose netflix or did you choose the gym it's literally like, have you written down your goals? <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's, um, this whole house of cards, all of it comes down to like one switch. Uh, and that switch is, that you that you can flip is literally, will I be intellectually honest with myself? Mm. And if I'm intellectually honest with myself and am, am to the, to the limit of my own ability, we're all more or less introspective. And certainly I know that we can get into the various different things that both of us, I'm sure know about connecting with yourself and connecting with the world in different ways, yeah. whether that's through meditation, mindfulness, brief breath work, psychedelics, any number of, or just like wisdom from mentors and long walks and conversations, right? This, mm -hmm. this. You know, you're going to say some stuff today that's going to make me think about things differently. And now that's part of my system, you know, mm -hmm. but it all fell, falls apart. If you agree to yourself, I am okay lying to myself about what reality is, at least mm -hmm. as I perceive it. If you're willing to say, I look great when I walk by the mirror, then you're going to get all of the negative side effects of not feeling great about yourself, except for the one where you actually admit it. You know what I mean? So you get all the negative side effects. You, you feel uncomfortable in a crowded room. You're not comfortable talking to peers or members of the opposite sex. You're, you know, un uncomfortable at work and you're, you know, crossing mm. your body language is bad, which means people think they don't, you don't like them and all these other things you eat weird, you do I mean, just whatever it is, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm kind of crossing stuff here today, but, um, but it all comes back to one thing, like just be honest with yourself yeah. Yeah, because, because Lizzo's honest with herself and she seems like she's fucking doing it. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> And the same thing in business yeah. is, is like, oh, you know, the, the it's, it's 2023, Matt. And I had somebody yesterday tell me how COVID is really holding him up right now. And it's just like, okay. Cool right. story, bro. <laughs> but, and, and not even that, you know, I, the value judgments aside, it's just yeah. like, all right. So you've erected a brick wall in front of your face that you can't see past. Mm -hmm. What would I do to that? What, what can I possibly do for you? Aside from try mm. to break it down for you, which is what I think like intermediate coaches try. And what I did for so many years is try to get you to be, to be, to prioritize things correctly, to try mm. to get you to want a thing that, that I know would be in your best interest to try to, to, to convince you of something. And I've just found more and more that, um, mm -hmm. you know, it just doesn't work that way. No, it never does. And I imagine you've experienced that 
as much as I have in the cro- in the CrossFit gym. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? When people come in maybe for the first time and they're making all of these excuses for why they can't do it. And I used to push because I knew, oh, this is, it's going to work. It's so valuable. You need this. This is the only way. All of, the, all of that. And I would push and push and push. And what, you know, what I ended up pushing was people away. Rather than, you know, helping them see more of the truth. And, and I had a wonderful coaching conversation earlier today with a client of mine who is, uh, he has a, a coaching business that he's doing well. He's just getting started out and like rock star of a kid. And we were talking about sales because he had a sales call that didn't exactly go his way. The guy committed verbally, but then didn't pay, like didn't actually commit. Anyway, we had this conversation around what sales is. And I used to think of sales as this sketchy thing. I was afraid of it. I was, it was weird for me when I was just getting started out because I didn't really understand what a good sales conversation was. But what we, what I brought to light was the fact or this concept, this understanding around sales that your one job as a quote unquote salesperson is to put all of the truth on the table. Most of the time, that means the person who's there to be sold to or there to buy the thing or enroll in the program or whatever it is, they're lying to themselves about something. And they know they they know that they need help. They mm-hmm. know or they they intellectually know, logically they they know I need help, but emotionally they're like they're they're disconnected because there's something they're not telling themselves. And so if like if you can do a really good job of helping people to see things that they might not have acknowledged before. Like they they sort of saw it behind the corner in the shadows, but they didn't acknowledge that its existence. But then they say it out loud and they're like, oh, wow, I, I guess, you know, I only have one option here. And then the purpose of a like a sales conversation is not to sell anything. Like if I, I get on sales calls and I have no attachment to whether or not the person enrolls in my coaching and my programs or buys the thing that's up to them what my job is to help them make a decision probably for the first time in a long time like make an actual decision or a a real commitment which does take money or sometimes it's just a no like don't tell me yeah i'm gonna go think about it and then not think about it not actually take action because that's just perpetuating the uselessness of your situation it's, it's it's better to say no than, than make up some excuse. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Yeah. I would I would also add that it's important to remember if we're, you know, we're talking about sales, but we're also talking about like when people yeah. put themselves out there, whether it's a first date, uh, whether it's uh, a sales meeting, whether it's a... <clears throat> 
a getting to know you call or a role in the gym with a new guy, right? You're hoping that it is what you hope it is. You said, I mean, nobody, nobody comes to a sales meeting, hoping it's not what they hope it is, hoping it doesn't Mm -hmm. solve their problem. Nobody goes to a sales meeting without a problem and nobody Mm -hmm. goes to a sales meeting to not solve that problem. And so particularly in brick and mortar, it's like somebody set aside time on their calendar. They got in their car, they held that appointment. They got in their car and they drove across town to sit in your grimy ass gym or whatever it is. (laughs) If you think this is a sale, you're crazy. They want so badly for you to say the right amount of things that get them comfortable to step Mm -hmm. out of where they're at and into something new that hopefully takes them down the path towards the person that they want to be or whatever the, the transformation is that you're giving them. But just remember like, nobody goes to any of these things, not desperately hoping, even if they can't acknowledge that a lot of times, especially like, um, you know, you get to these like 40 year old guys, we've seen it all We're, you know, I'm, I'm here, but I I've seen these conversations before, you know, that, that guy, that guy (laughs) still, he wouldn't fucking be there. He he wants you to be special. He wants you to be different than all the, the scam artists or whoever he, Mm -hmm. in his mind, you know, obviously we can't, what just happened? Are you still there? I'm here. All of a sudden my computer went haywire. I'm sorry. It's I'm, I'm practicing stillness. Is that, is it working? That's what it was. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> you disappeared. No, it, like you did. You like swiped oh, off. My, okay. Sorry about no. that. Um, yeah, man, they, they, they hope you are who you say you are. And so like, I always talk about the worst thing in the world for business is if you are who you say you are, and this person has a problem that you know, you can solve. And those two ships pass by as, as if by night, that's the worst possible thing that can happen. And it's mm. happening every single day for all of these reasons that have nothing to do with whether we can help that person or whether they need our help and and everything to do with with the communication it's a it's a it's a lapse in in communication yeah i mean it's 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 all of the other messy things that humans are right i love when you're i don't know if this is a video podcast or audio only but i love that you're using your hands this way uh Mm. you know i i learned from uh this guy dr trevor cashy who's a nutrition coach but he's also really just brilliant guy. Uh, and he's like, you have your ethic and then you have your behavior, you know, and, and your, your ethic is sort of the person you want to be and your behavior mm. is the person that you are. Uh, and so you really only have two choices when those are misaligned, right? You can either improve your, or, you know, I- increase your behavior to match your ethic, or you can reduce your ethic to match your behavior. In either case, you will be significantly happier, right? And that, that gap between those two lines is what we call dissonance. And that's where mm-hmm. all of these all these things like anxiety and depression and yeah. certainly there are other causes to that stuff but all of those things these these desires that we have it's because we're not currently behaving like the person that we are in our minds which is why it's so useful to set mm-hmm. the person we are in our minds down for a little bit mm. so quick change of subject tell me yeah. about those two chairs behind you how often do you sit in those uh i was leaning up against <laughs> that one earlier uh, my wife got these for me when i was um I went to a mastermind summit in Dallas uh, and uh, I came home and they were just here. Um, I, I actually am having somebody over in the neighborhood who has yeah. a business and we're going to have coffee in those chairs later today. Ah, nice. Yeah. I have this, oh man, my dream office, let's say is big, op- like windows on two sides. It's like a corner office yeah. with nat- looking out to nature, but inside is Beautiful. just two chairs. And uh, a standing desk that I can move around and all that stuff. 
like a drafting table. That's what I imagine. I don't know why when I imagine Love a drafting my table. future, my future self at at work, for some reason I imagine a drafting table and blueprints. I don't know why. And uh and that's not related to anything I do right okay. now. But it's a beautiful it's a beautiful imagery. It is. And the 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 two chairs like how you have just for yeah. like coffee and podcasting, and that's it. And I, I made that <sighs> table too. The, oh, I didn't even see that little coffee yeah. table. Yeah, it's a wall, walnut table. Oh, I love it. Are you? Is that a hobby of yours? Or yeah, I've got an acacia desk that I made. No, I, I'm a woodworker. I haven't done mm -hmm. it as much since the baby was born, but yeah, I'm a woodworker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When'd you get into that? Um, you know, in the army, we had to like build shelters and shit, and so yeah. we we're you know in Iraq, and we had to kind of solve problems on the fly. And there's no Home Depot, so if that <laughs> drill bit broke or that you know thing broke, you got to use a chisel, you know. So, uh, I we were forced, um, and there's this is not like a romantic idea that we were forced to get jobs done that we didn't want to do without the right tools for them, and so we learned that we can do anything, you know. Um, yeah. and and so because of that, uh going through that, I guess, crucible or whatever, just formed me in such a way that when somebody asked me if I wanted to start a CrossFit gym, there was just zero hesitation. It was yes. Mm -hmm. And at the time when we started, it was a CrossFit gym on one side and it was a rock climbing wall on the other side. And we built that too, you know? So, I mean, we, yeah. we were just literally like figuring things out. Um, and so I figured out that I can just make things that I want. And, mm -hmm. and when that, when you do that often enough, the, the edges start to line up better and, you know, the, the surfaces are less, you know, uh, rough and they start to be smoother and, you know, by golly, <laughs> you keep going <laughs> and, and you end up a woodworker. So, so I ended up a woodworker, but, but that translates so well into processes too, you know, um, whether it's jujitsu or systems and automation in a business, it's like when you feel like you can solve a problem and you fall in love with the act of, of, of like finding solutions and acquiring, uh, you know, skill sets, um, then it's not scary anymore, you mm -hmm. know, and, 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 and it's just so much easier to, um, to make things happen that way. I, I have this talk about frameworks. I have this framework for myself. It's, it's more like a list. Okay. So a list of like the most profitable skills, right? One of them you just alluded to, which is problem solving. Yep. Another one is uh, uh, leadership, leadership skills. I mean, that could, that's very broad, but in gen just general leadership or, or management would be a better way of thinking about it. Uh, public speaking is another one, but problem solving. And what I, what I love about, having that skill set refined is when you can have, when you are really good at solving problems, you can get really good at anything. Musashi. And what's that? That's Musashi, right? The, the swordsman, the, the samurai. Is it? Once you know I the way up. broadly, or once you know <laughs> the way, once you know the way one in one thing, you know, the way broadly, it's like, if you can be a good swordsman, you can be a good calligrapher mm. or poet or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It sort of has, it has, carryover and i imagine it eliminates the fear like you said there's nothing scary about getting into something because i know well i can i can figure things out like i'm good at that so I, if i'm going to be bad at something initially i know it's not going to last forever I'll, I'll just get good at it and what does it take to get good at something like one interest like you gotta enjoy it 
and then repetition like do it over and over with some level of feedback like have a feedback loop for yourself i think there are people that get good at things that they're not interested in like you go into any factory but but what they do have is they are they notice the iterations they notice Mm -hmm. that they could be a little faster i used to be a fiber optic tech same time in the military uh and i had to terminate Mm. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these tiny little they're they're thinner than a human hair right these little pieces of fiber optic and you have to polish them so they're perfect and i got to a point where i was like okay if i do a figure eight or if i do a circle the figure eight's going to give me a cleaner thing and i'm going to get an easier result Mm. and so i can move along faster in the process i didn't give a fuck about the fiber optics not really But it was, it really was just, just me, meaningful differentiation has come out of my mouth now three or four times. And I think that's because <laughs> I like it's that because, word. Yeah. It's because that's that what it really, it's what it really is, is like, um, you know, when we used to compete in CrossFit, I, I had footwork for how a partner would get on and off of a rower and where their hands go and how they hold the, the, the stroker and, and all of those things. How do you get on and off of a GHD efficiently? How do you, um, how do you mm. take the fewest amount of steps from here to there or whatever it is? Um, so you really got yourself to be thinking with so much detail and taking everything into consideration too, except for my actual fitness. <laughs> so you over, you overthought it. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's funny. I was, uh, for, for like a year and a half, I was a fiber optics technician. Really? And look at us, dude, we pulled cable through the, through Manhattan sewers. <laughs> uh you know yeah going down into manholes and feeding those you know uh in our our little miles dude dude i have so many did you ever get stories did you ever get the hydro lock where it would like pour out of the thing yes you know what i'm talking about yeah what what happens is like if there's if there's like a dip in the line then water pools up in there over time and it like and you basically are you're pumping this disgusting sewer water (laughs) into your own face it's the worst one of the worst experiences you could possibly have i've fallen into those things uh we've flooded we flooded uh a manhole once on a on it was like in the bronx on the highway and they had to shut down the highway and then we had to pump these things out because we were trying to get this uh 864 cable so this really thick ass cable across the river from Man- north north side of manhattan into the bronx wow. and pushing cable through and it's underwater it's just like collapsed ducts it was brutal you're right though i'm going to correct myself here interest has nothing to do with it because i was although actually i was interested in it it wasn't fun but I made it, I got to make it fun. Me too. Yeah. I'm, I was, I'm just, a, I'm a really like, I love um, to see how things work and I'm very like mechanical. I have this like mental map in my mind. It's burned into my mind now of the fiber optics system that runs through Manhattan. Interesting. <laughs> From this one building, uh, uh, I forget the address on Hudson street, downtown Manhattan, just like branching out to every single building in Manhattan Wow, it's wild. But I remember splicing, right. Splicing cables and you had to like clean them off. And then you want to get as close to a perfect splice as possible. And man, I would redo it and redo it if it wasn't perfect. Yeah. What a, what a, what a wild time. You know, we have that in common too. 
it's funny that we do one yeah. last common thing is this spear and clover, which is my personal symbol. Mm. Um, I had it on my body. I had had my friend who's an artist draw it. I had it tattooed on me. It, this was years before it was ever a business or anything like that. Mm. Um, and then it occurred to me that as a fiber optic locator, that's the symbol for fiber optics in the ground. So now when you're driving around on the street, anybody listen to this, if you yeah. see orange paint on the ground, it's a line with an with infinity signal symbol going through the sides of it. Yeah. And that never connected to me. And I did that job in what? 2008 was when I, well, when I did the locator job mm. for a company when I got out of the military. Um, and uh, it's just so funny. I probably drew that sign mm. conservatively a hundred thousand times. Yeah. 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 Yeah, man. Oh, wild. Yeah. So that's where that came from. Where did, what, well, tell me about Spear and Clover. Like what was the, what's the origin of that for you? Yeah. So it didn't come from that. Although I yeah. think it must've lived in there somewhere. I, uh, you know, um, I go on ruck marches. I call them solo missions about once a week. <laughs> uh, and so solo missions are either ruck marches. Usually they're long drives, which I've been doing a little more lately, especially in the winter or they're floats. I do a float. Usually I try to go once a month, but it's been a little less than that since I've been starting up this business. Mm. Um, and, uh, so one day I was rucking with my dogs and I had, we were doing 11 miles. I, and I had a 40 pound log on my shoulder, still have it in the garage from that day. Uh, and I had a 40 pound pack on my back uh, and I had my two Australian shepherd dogs. And so we're head up, feet moving. We're hustling. I'm trying to move as quick as I can. Um, you know, there's a light rain coming and it's 11 freaking miles and I, my car is behind me, you know, um, mm -hmm. And uh, the dogs are having the time of their life. They're running out into the woods and then they're coming back and they're checking on me. And then they're running out into the woods and then they're coming back and they're checking on me because they're good girls. They're shepherd dogs. Right. Mm. And it just occurred to me in that instant that, you know, at my best, when I'm going through life, I'm not just laser focused on like going out and winning and achieving my goals and like hustling and grinding and all that shit that you hear from other people, which is totally fine. It's just not me. Uh, it's the combination of that. And what I call spirit of the puppy, which is just playfulness and trying new things and being adventurous and, you know, maybe not doing as well if we can have more fun and do it together, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, and so, you know, it, it, is, it essentially is the combination of the two core values that I already had uh, that yeah. described me, which are spirit of the puppy and military mindset. Uh, and so, you know, for me, the spear and clover is all about kind of pursuing equally, you know, personal success, you know, business, family, social, you know, harmony. Right. Um, and, and that's what it is. Mm. I'm a, I love symbology. So thank you for explaining that. The, yeah. And the, where you came up with the that value i love the spirit of the puppy yeah because just saying that i'm laughing and i know what you mean i just feel it because everyone's maybe you haven't had a puppy but you i'm sure you've seen one they're playful they're there's a sense of carelessness or, or i don't know if carelessness is the word they're carefree and also very loving and very attentive and very caring. And that's the feeling I get, even when you say that. It's so beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. So tell me about the business or the podcast, Spear and Clover. Like what's the what's the intention? What's the vision for that? Yeah, you know, um, 
it uh, it started simply, right? So um, I, I've been a gym owner for a long, long time. Uh, a couple of years ago, I sold most of my ownership in my gym to my brother from another mother, Alex uh, Alex uh, Westcott, who's still running that thing. Awesome, doing a great job out in, in Bucktown in Chicago. Um, and uh, I had another business called FitBiz University with a partner, Joey Huber. Shout out to him, doing great, crushing things. Uh, and I sold that too. Um, <clears throat> I knew that I didn't want to be in fitness anymore. I knew that I loved working with entrepreneurs. I get energy from these calls. I'm going to, I'm going to be buzzing all day from this call. Right. And yeah. and it's the same feeling I get now is the same feeling I get when you visited uh, the mastermind, or it's the same feeling I get even on a sales call. Cause for me, a sales call is really just learning about somebody. Right. And then telling right. them about the stuff that we do. Um, and so uh, I took a year off um, when our daughter Lucy was born um, and I did three things during that year. Uh, number one was I spent time with my wife and daughter a lot. Number two was I did jujitsu a lot, pretty much every day uh, and kickboxing. Uh, and then number three was I just paid attention to what I spent my time doing. And what I found was I locked in on talking to entrepreneurs as much as I could. We had recently moved to a pretty rural place from Chicago. Uh, we live in the Indiana dunes now. And so I found that, it wasn't like I had to make myself or convince myself or schedule any of this. It was like, how can I get on more calls with more entrepreneurs who are out there trying to make it happen? Because those are the types of people that I love to spend time with. Even if it's just talking about, like I have so many friends that are, that are just peers and friends that, you know, I get on a call with them. Like, what are you working on? And they'll be like, oh, I'm trying to do this, but I can't figure out that. Oh my gosh, this guy I know does that mm -hmm. thing and putting them together. Um, and so from that, um, I knew that I always wanted to start a podcast. I was born to podcast. I, I grew up listening to talk radios from the time I was like six. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it was audiobooks. And then as soon as I found podcasting, the rest was history. Um, and so I started a podcast called the Spear and Clover podcast. Um, Spear and Clover podcast. Um, you know, we talk to visionary entrepreneurs who see the world as it could be and can't help but take action. Um, and so each episode is just me talking mm -hmm. to them about their thing. It's why we know each other. Um, and then came a time where I looked at my bank and I looked at my wife and I looked at my daughter and I said, I need to make some money. <laughs> so we need to make a bit. <laughs> so what is that going to be? Right. And and so, you know, I, I've got two tattoos, Matt, and they're both logos for businesses that I've created that I, that I came mm -hmm. up with and that I created. And so uh, I was like, I guess I should build something around this idea. Right. And, mm -hmm. and so what is that thing? What are the things, what are the things that I would stand on a rooftop and like beat my chest and fight over? Uh, that was the question that I went into a float with before I came out with the business. Um, and, and the things that, that I kept coming back to were these real foundational, very personal, very difficult, but still simple uh, ideas uh, things like core values, things like mission, things like, um, like, uh, like, how do you, how do you build a tribal team? How do you build a tribal community? And so these are very unsexy things. I'm saying them maybe in a way that's mm -hmm. a little bit compelling, I guess. But like when you ask somebody if they have core values, they say, yeah, we filed an LLC. So we, we Googled, uh, Google and, and McDonald's and Apple, and we just borrowed the core mm -hmm. values we liked from them. And yeah. Oh, cool. And, and you guys use them all the time. Yeah. We use them all the time. They're, they're in a drawer collecting dust with our LLC paperwork that we filed that same day. <laughs> years ago or whatever right um, next to their mission statement yeah yeah and for me my experience was not that way when i when i did my my core value work for real uh mm -hmm. all of a sudden it was like it was like i had a cheat code i had this puzzle piece that had five sides and if i held it up to the past enough i could see why people didn't work out as employees or why people were great clients and i never had to think twice about them because mm -hmm. they fit 
on those five sides. And if they didn't, I could immediately see why. Oh, that guy's spirit of the puppy, but he's not military mindset. He doesn't show up on time. He doesn't take it seriously. He's fun to hang out with, but he can't work here, you know, or mm -hmm. he's not going to be a core member or whatever it is. Um, and so here I am, I, I figure out, okay, that's the thing that I want to sell. I want to sell boring foundations of businesses that you can, and then teach you how to build the frameworks up from there in order to make this erect, this thing, right. Mm -hmm. This business. Turns out though, I know a lot of guys that I know some guys that do that and they, for the most part are not the sexiest folks you're going to meet. They're not making the most money. They're not uh, talked about in the same ways as people that teach marketing and sales and, and all that other types of stuff. Um, and so the question that I was left with was how do you make the most important things about your business enticing enough or sexy enough or interesting enough that you'll actually put as much effort into them before you try turning up the volume on the business. Right. Yeah. And the word I came up with was, was there's one place that I can think of that culturally, especially in America, we are tuned to respect these very ideas. And that is in sports teams that win championships year over year over year. And that's why our program is called Dynasty Defined, because these mm. dynasties that we talk about, there's people who give their whole lives. I mean, this, the, the Chicago superfans, the, the sketch on yeah. Saturday Night Live, those people dedicated their whole lives to not even a dynasty, but just one year of one, like a couple of years of a really great sports team. And and you think about the New England Patriots or the New Zealand All Blacks or the New York Yankees, and turns out a lot of them have the word new in their name, but um but they all have this thing in common. And what that is, is they win or they have a chance to win no matter who's on the field, no matter who's coaching, no matter what plays they're calling, it's organizational. Mm -hmm. They're built on these bedrock principles, which is why if you go to New Zealand, for instance, which is probably the best example in the world, it's like the best team in the world. And everybody famously has to sweep, sweep the shed. Everybody does all of the same responsibilities. Mm. They have this tradition. They have a very clear understanding of exactly who they are, exactly how they should relate to each other and exactly what the goal is and how they're going to get there. And when you're, when you're empowered with that, you're like, it's like, you, there's nothing that can stop you. The problem is, is people don't, aren't, aren't usually trained to value it. And mm. so again, like I mentioned earlier, we go, how do I get a big business? Turn up the volume, dude. <laughs> All right, yeah. let's turn up the volume. And it's like, yeah, but what are you saying? And yeah. so it's, it, it actually takes, uh, it takes, you know, a skilled hand to, to help you reveal what it is that you want to say. Mm -hmm. And all of those things are taught in, in, if you go to school, if you go to business school, and I didn't go to business school, but I've heard from people, you learn, you learn systems and you can learn marketing and you can learn the tools and you can learn the frameworks and there's parts in there that reference core values and having a vision and mission statement and really amplifying those things but it's not the core of what you develop as a, as far as a skill set or even something you even pay attention to or care about very much but what came to mind as you were speaking about sports teams was this was the word cult um, or or even the word culture, and I've, I've talked about this before, those are really the same word. Mm -hmm. And I remember having in my CrossFit gym, you know, you, you've heard this, right? It's all about the community. And that's what people stay for. That's what people are really there for. And I never believed that. I knew a community was important, but it's not the thing. Like people, people are there and they're paying for results. That's why people pay for a business that provides a service. They want results. 
And sometimes the community like perpetuates that and helps that, but the community isn't really as important. It's valuable, but not the most important thing. What's really important is that they stay, that they feel comfortable there, that they show up and give their all and they try their best and that they want to keep coming back. And that's what I think people uh, think are actually talking about when they say community, but that has nothing to do with community. It has everything to do with culture. And culture is the values. It's what it's, it's the process to the process people go through. Like all of my coaches at my gym went through the same process, no matter how talented they were, how much experience they had, they still went through an internship process because they had to learn the culture and, and make sure they vibe with that and learn the values and, and understand the vision and sort of find their place. Hmm. And then members too, they all, they go through an, an onboarding process, which is consistent for all members because it creates some, it creates a community of people around a certain ideals, a certain system, essentially a cult, but it gets people results. So the same thing came to mind when you're talking about, uh, you know, sweeping the floors in the bathroom, even though you're a professional athlete. Or maybe the captain of the team, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Like everyone has a place, but they all can relate to the same things. And that actually, when you are really consistent with your values, and I remember talking about this with you. Uh, last time we spoke on the phone, like being consistent with your values and maintaining them over years, when you're consistent with your values, they magnify and they amplify and they create a sort of magnet for other people, which is great marketing, by the way. Yes, to- I agree with that. I agree with yeah. that. It's, but I want to go back to something you said that's bothering sure. me. Bothering you. Sure. Not bothering me. It's uh, yeah, bothering me. Sure. Um, yeah, let's hear it. Yeah. So you're talking about people ultimately are, we're going to just focus this on the gym that people ultimately are just there to get the result. I don't think I agree with that because I had a pretty successful gym for about seven years where people weren't getting the result unless some of them were obviously, you know, guys like you guy like you comes in and they're like, I, I know what this is. I know it's what it's going to give me what I want. And so I'm here, but I'm talking about like the, the broader audience, right? The, 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 the moms, the, the, the accountants, the, the, everybody. Right. Um, I think the reason that they come to a, I think the reason they pursue a gym is to, is to get a, a physical and an emotional benefit. Right. So, Mm -hmm. We could just call that abs as a corollary if you'd like, but whatever, <laughs> uh, let's just call it abs. Um, sure. but the reason they want abs is so they can feel good about themselves and fit into a group. Right. And so often I think it gets hotwired where they come in, they get accepted to the group and then they realize they didn't need the abs in the first place. Yeah. And so I can, I can, I can introduce you to, to 30 people who are mm-hmm. not what you would call like body compositionally optimal. <laughs> uh, right. Not that anybody would call anybody that, but uh, I like that one. Yeah. Um, but, but I guess my point is like, yeah, it's important as business owners that we don't miscategorize what our clients want. Mm-hmm. So, so sometimes for instance, uh, you look at things like, and I no, 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 uh, no judgment here. I built 
the, the, the successful iteration of my business was built off a six week challenge. And the six week challenge is mm -hmm. like this very big shiny lure that you throw into the water, hoping to get a fish into the boat so that you can give it uh, what, whatever, this is a bad metaphor, but, um, I understand. I guess. Yeah. And, and the <laughs> they, funny, you thing, lost the audience though. They <laughs> The audience has been gone. The audience didn't make it past the opening. Uh, the, um, but, uh, but you give them that thing in the short term. And then over time you give them this, yeah. this longer thing. I don't know. I a little bit lost my train of thought there, but I think, yeah. Well, so the, the question that, that I would have for you is, well, what is a result? And, and I say like, people are, people wouldn't be paying for you paying and continuing to pay if they weren't getting something they wanted. And, and a result doesn't necessarily have to be abs or a number on the scale. Like that's important. I think because like my, my mission when I had my gym was I want to make this place I live a healthier place to live. Like I want to make my community stronger, happier, healthier, and, you know, overall better to more fun to be around too. And so that's part of the, what I'm in, here for, but I recognize like, maybe that's not exactly what people want, or it's not the most important thing. Like they're cool with coming and maybe losing weight, doing it slowly or staying around the same, but they're showing up, they get the support, they feel welcome, but that's a result of enough, enough of a result. Like, here's an example, somebody, you know, I've had people like find the love of their life in the gym and get married. Me too. Love that. My favorite thing about owning a gym. Like my, my first gym back in 2014, one of my coaches ended up dating one of the members after the gym closed down and then they got married years later like that's amazing to me other other people like had, had kids and like formed business relationships so that they're in it for something those are all results yeah but can i can i get can yeah. i uh can i explain why i would even take issue with this because all of this sure. is good all this is universally uh positive it's positive yeah, if people come sure. in if, if, if you come in to, to hang out with beautiful, scantily clad members of both sides of the genders, great. Yeah. If you come in to get abs, great. If you come in to work hard and just STF you and put your head down <laughs> to the headphones, but all that yeah. is good. But the problem becomes uh, as entrepreneurs, um, if we misunderstand what the real reason somebody shows up mm -hmm. is, then we take actions that do not impact getting more people to show up. Okay. And so if, if, if I think that everybody comes to the, if, if my perspective, and maybe this is you, maybe this is somebody listening mm -hmm. to this, but if my perspective is I want to make the world a fitter place and cure diabetes, and I'm going to show you how to improve your blood markers, get better body composition, have better mental health, and all of these just mm -hmm. stratospheric virtues, right? If I only, if I focus on maximizing my ability to deliver that, where do I end up? almost nowhere, unless you're Exos or, you know, Brian McKenzie. And I think yeah. he would say even not, not to evoke anybody's name on a podcast and talk about him, but I think he, even he would say that he could have made a bigger impact if he had focused on a thing that was maybe more commercially palatable. And so mm. I guess my point would be if people are coming for, if people are saying one thing, but meaning another, you got to understand what they mean. 
Yeah. Because then you can make that happen. Like to, to give you an example, when we figured it out, I had more than 50 social events in 2019 before. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah, we, we did. We did events constantly. We're tie dyeing white T-shirts with our logo on them. We're going to the CrossFit Games in an RV. We're flying to Hawaii. We're going going all over doing all these cool things. We're doing charity work. We're you know having fundraisers. We're doing all that stuff because I realized that nobody wanted to leave because of their friends and because mm -hmm. of this thing they were associated with. And because so many people, especially in the city are individuals who moved there after college to take some starting job or whatever, to, to strike out on the world. Mm -hmm. And their identity is so heavily tied into their community. Yeah. And so while I agree, mm -hmm. you know, the goal should be making the place a better, a fitter place, the way we get there might be different. Because as entrepreneurs, what we spend our time doing, and this is this is the folly of so many entrepreneurs, what we spend our time doing is delivering things. And so mm -hmm. what does that condition you to do? It conditions you to come walk around thinking up features you can deliver. But people don't give a shit about features you can deliver. Mm -hmm. People want benefits. People want the thing that they actually are walking around looking for. I'm yeah. bleeding. I need something to stop the bleeding. All right, great. Well, how do we address that? Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's a slight turn, but I think it's a meaningful turn. I think for anyone who is still listening, just rewind the last, like the last minute or so of what you talked about. That's gold. That, and it, and it's exactly why I didn't do so well in the first couple of years in business, and why things started to turn around when I recognized, like, oh, you want abs, cool, but it's because you want to feel a certain way. It has nothing to do with the abs. And also you want to feel welcome. But here's the thing, Jason, like sometimes people, and I, I've had this happen, like people come to our gym and we're doing things. We, we have our way of doing things and our community, our culture, and it's very, it, it works. And we have some people that come in and they end up joining and they don't want any of that. And then they end up leaving because they're not getting what they need. And that's totally okay too. Yeah, It took me a while to re realize like, that's okay. Also, I'd started to, to actually recognize that faster so I could recommend another place to them mm -hmm. or send them somewhere else. Like, Oh, you want to be a competitive CrossFit athlete? Cool. Go over there. Mm -hmm. That's the place. This is where all the soccer moms are. And, you know, we have some fit people too, plenty, lots of fit people. And, you know, we're here to have fun for the most part and, you know, make it something more than just, the workout of the day. I, um, <clears throat> yeah, rewind, listen to what Jason just said for everybody. That was awesome. I appreciate that. I, I have a yeah. very close friend uh, named TJ and TJ, if he's not considered mm -hmm. CrossFit royalty should be TJ's <laughs> gyms. Uh, he's TJ. had three, three gyms up in the Bay area. He was used to be, you know, the announcer for the original CrossFit games or, or one of those years, maybe it's regionals just a, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's, he's had a CrossFit gym for 18 years, like amazing human being, wonderful guy. Um, I'm helping him right now with some, some business stuff, you know, we're, we're friends and helping him out. Uh, and he's very clear. He's like, Hey man, you want to take your shirt off? Get the fuck out. <laughs> you want to chalk, you know, do your, 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 uh, your LBJ chalk cloud in, in my, uh, <laughs> my 75 year old woman's face or whatever, get out, yeah. you know, and you, you know, there's, there's no booty shorts. There's no, none of that stuff at his gym. Uh, and all he does is improve the lives of hundreds of, you know, 
you know, average person above 50, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that really just wants to, to, to go in and connect. Right. Um, and so the problem you're describing, it's that, it's that universal connector problem. It's like, mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, we want to be a universal connector, but that person walks into your gym from your metaphor or from your example earlier, that person mm -hmm. walks into your gym and there's actually some benefit to not having the need to be able to get rid of the need and be like, Oh, yeah, you know, this is, we're, we're a Mac gym. You're looking for Apple you're looking for windows windows down the street. Like, like mm. your connector doesn't fit here. It's that's the, that's the puzzle piece I was yeah. talking is being able to go like, mm. cool, you're a hundred percent military mindset. I'm going to be fucking around way too much for you. So <laughs> you should go up the street, you know, like, and that's yeah. fine. Meet, meet my friend, you know, Todd, Todd runs South loop strength and conditioning. They send somebody to the games every single year, go check them out. By the way, shout out to Todd Neef, runs an awesome place. <laughs> and that's what I'm talking about with creating a sort of magnet from a marketing perspective, because the more you do that, like you're, you're ultimately creating a better environment yeah. for the people you do want. And, and here's something like I've been striving for on a personal note from a business perspective is I want to be so clear about who I work with and make sure I can get them results and make sure I'm creating an opportunity for them to connect so much so that they feel compelled to go and talk about it with their friends. And the res I mean, look at in lifted, like in lifted is like that. They're doing a really good job of just creating this magnet for coaches who want to have a stronger impact and make, you know, make people better. It's, it's fascinating how this works, but that's, you know, any, any good cult can do that. Like, is CrossFit yeah. a cult? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I think um, I think so. I, I, I think yeah. in 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 some definition for sure. I, I also think that, um, you know, if you're undeniable, people don't deny you. Mm. And, and so, at yeah. the end of the day, like it's I'm telling you, Matt. It's so people know. People know. Uh, who was it? I was I was listening to. Um, there was a special forces soldier who was a coach for um, a group called Apex. I don't think they're still there anymore. Um, and, and he was talking on the stage and he was like, I was in special forces selection, which is the best of the best, you know, at least for the army. Right. Pretty much. I'm not going to get into the details, but like, um, and he goes, I was doing well. I, I didn't really know, but I, I knew I was doing okay. I wasn't losing. I was doing well. He ended up, I think being the valedictorian of that class. Um, and he's a monster. Um, but he said the drill, one of the drill sergeants, the instructors pulled him to the side and he was like, Hey, um, look at those guys over there. He's like, yeah. He's like, can you tell who the bottom 10% is? And he thought about it for a second. He was like, yeah, yeah, I can tell who the bottom 10% is. He's like, okay. Can you tell who the top 10% is? And he's like, definitely. It's that guy, that guy, that guy. And maybe me, I don't know, you know, whatever. Um, and he goes, it's always that way. You can always tell who the top 10% and the bottom 10% mm -hmm. is, and probably even in between as well. But it's like, if you just stay in the top 10% of behavior, you're going to get so far. You know, mm -hmm. a former mentor of mine, Alex Hormozzi would say like, look around you from school, from life, from everywhere. Most people are not trying. And so it's easy to beat them mm. <laughs> if you just try and you just pay attention to what the top performers are doing and don't behave like the assholes. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when I say things like, if you're undeniable, you will not be denied. So few people are willing to even try to become undeniable. Mm goes so much so well into what we talked about earlier with sort of shedding things away and simplifying yeah. and and just revealing like what's actually true and what's actually real 
because undeniability is another way of saying transparency and cor like correctness and irrefutable i think irrefutable yeah. right it's like it, it is what it is i mean the, the gra uh, gravity yeah gravity. 9 .8 meters per second squared it, it's just and again somebody out there tell me i'm an idiot but whatever like uh New newtonian physics are simple and they're true uh e equals mc squared simple and true you know it mm -hmm. turns out that the simple things that you throw enough stones and things fall off of it but it's it's useless things the thing that remains mm -hmm. is true and that's why this idea of undeniability has been in my mind for a long time and and um there's like three things i think about uh just to since we're on a podcast and i'm the host i'm the guest i guess i'll <laughs> say the three things i think about as an entrepreneur but also as a person are, are undeniability which i think is the combination um i'm sorry undeniability and scale um mm. which i think is the co combination of clarity and volume right like clear undeniable this is true like for like how many people don't stand up on stage because they're horrified that what they'd say is wrong it's actually not what you look like or, or how you feel mm -hmm. in your skin. It's it's actually that you think you're going to say something and you go, he's an idiot. Yeah. He thinks that. And the truth is, if you take the time to become undeniable, then nobody will deny you. Nobody's ever been um, stage. Nobody's ever had stage fright in a, in a, in a theater with a fire in it mm -hmm. because you stand up and you scream fire. You don't think about what you look like. You don't think mm -hmm. about where you put your hands because your message is true. And every fucking person in the room needs to hear it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and and for anyone listening to if you can imagine this if you are feeling that like afraid to speak out and talk because you're afraid of what people might say or being wrong well you're thinking of you're just thinking in what i would say thinking in the wrong direction we're thinking from a place of like theory and concepts that you haven't tested yet and that could be those could be wrong. And so of course there should be hesitancy because you're not certain. You're not absolutely certain of what that, what you're saying is true. True meaning you, you, you can, you have seen it. It existed. I had someone ask me once, like uh, recently, actually, he's like, he asked me if I follow politics and I said, well, no, I don't. And that struck him as weird because I'm, you know, very, uh, how do we say it? Certain about things. I like things a certain way. He assumed they had a certain belief and followed politics, whatever it might be. And I told him like, well, I, I only believe what I can see. I only be believe what I know to be absolutely true. And the problem with politics is they're talking about things that I have no idea about most of the time. And, the, and it's none of my business either, most of the time. And so for that reason, I just opt out. And I accept like, okay, they're, they're doing their thing. Like this stuff exists. It might have some impact on me in some way. But until I have undeniable evidence of like my knowing and understanding of a certain thing, I'm not going to talk about it, which is challenging. And so thinking in the wrong direction, right? We're thinking in the future in something that's theoretical versus thinking in the past or speaking from experience. And if you only speak from experience, then you're always going to tell the truth. As long as it's something that actually happened and not just, you know, we can think from experience that we make up, but 
Yeah, we, we, we're walking a, around with all sorts of shifts. Yeah, yeah it's it's a, but shift. it's a simple shift. Even if it's like, yeah, you could speak on your flaws. That's still telling the truth and it still makes you undeniable, which is way more attractive because it's in, it's in, it has integrity. Mm-hmm. There's like some substance to it. And so anyone listening like who wants that, wants more of that, which brings on more confidence, right? clarity and certainty as well start thinking and speaking from experience and i find and this was me for a long time i imagine you might have thought this as well or maybe you know seen some people who have the same like uh fear which is fear that you don't have enough experience like you're not good enough and so you won't step out into the ring and then you start speaking about things that maybe aren't, maybe you don't know with certainty. To to react to that, to react to that a little. Bit, um, I'm trying to be I profound. Think, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, that's okay. You know what's funny about being? I love profound? being profound. You, it's fun. You can't try to be it. <laughs> no, it just has to happen. And when I when I stop, I'm like, yeah. wait a minute, nope, yeah. keep going. Yeah, 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 yeah. you got to let it go. We're we're just humans, dude. Uh, the but but to go back to your idea though. Um, yeah. I think uh, to set the table a little bit, I think that there's three yeah. levels of identity. Um, mm. I think that when you're young, your identity is attributed to you. So people tell you what you are. They're like, oh, you're handsome. You're smart. You're athletic. You're dumb. You're what this, you're fat, you're thin, whatever. And so that becomes who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's sort of, it's, it's other, it's, it's other observers observing your traits and telling you what they are. Right. Uh, that's like level one. And then like level two is like, now this is where you get the thing where it's like, you're the combination of the five people you spend the time, your most time with. Okay. Now you have these archetypes of people that you want, you choose to spend time with. These become your sort of Vitruvian, uh, Mm. models, right? These are your role models essentially. Uh, so that could be your friends. Uh, in some cases, I believe you can make that a a podcaster or an author or somebody that, you know, Jocko Willink would be a good example of somebody that people are probably modeling to behave like, Mm -hmm. uh, and that's level two. And then level three, I believe, uh, is, is where you only look internally at what actually you are. And that becomes Mm -hmm. infinite and fractal and and nuanced and, and all these other things. Um, but the reason I say that is because let's say you don't uh, have the confidence to step out there and the things we were just discussing before we change topics a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't, all you have to do is do, right? So yeah, nobody, you've never figured out what mm-hmm. you are. So how like anxiety is, is thinking about what might happen and what might go wrong and what might go right. right and all these other, you know, things out into the future. It's basically thinking about what you don't know. Um, and so what I would say is if, if the, the fastest way for you to have confidence, for you to have certainty, for you to feel undeniable enough to pursue whatever ends that you want to pursue is to just do and pay the fuck attention to Mm -hmm. what happens because you'll see, listen, man, CrossFit was just the result of that. We should Mm -hmm. do all these different things and write it down. And then put them together and like write that down and put them together in a different thing. And, Ooh, that worked better. And like all that, that's, that's all this is it's fiber optics. It's mm-hmm. podcasting. Like the fact that, you know, you've remembered to hit record this time and like, whatever, there, there's some time in the past where you didn't. And so that gets re- the, the way to get yeah. rid of all those things, that anxiety, that uncertainty, that insecurity is to just do and pay attention. And then next time that situation arises, behave dis- differently with the new hypothesis, right? Mm-hmm. Same mentor, Alex talks about, yeah. Uh, learning is just same situation, different behavior. That's it. Mm. It's not what you know. It's how you behave. 
When this comes up, I do that. Well, that makes me poor. When this comes up, I now do that. Well, that doesn't, you know, like that's learning. Mm. What does your hat say? Go fast. Don't die. Don't go fast. Don't die. No, go fast. Don't die. Yeah. Go fast. Don't die. It's uh, it's I, there's two companies that I love, love, love their branding, and uh, and I like buy stuff from them, even though I don't buy their products. Uh, and it's Go Fast, Don't Die, which is a motorcycle brand, and I don't own a motorcycle. Um, and I just love the guys out there, like you. Riding. You don't own a, own a motorcycle, even with that handlebar mustache. No, I've got an I got a '69 Bronco though that I that I tool around in. I just even better. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> All mechanical. But, yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah. Um. Only I have three manual vehicles, only manual vehicles. Um, but anyway, um, both, both that brand, uh, that guy's like roll, riding around like renegade with like a bedroll on his, on his Indian motorcycle or whatever. I don't know. Uh, and they do events and they meetups in Moab and all this other wild stuff. I don't care about motorcycles. I love that guy living that way and that truth. And, and that mm. there's these hats and shirts. And the other one is liquid death, which I think is, is maybe even more beautiful because it's built on the closest thing you can get to nothing other than air, right. Is water. <laughs> and like, there's this amazing branding and all this other stuff. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, I don't, I don't know if I'm pretty sure I've never purchased anything, but some clothes from them. I've never bought any of their water that I'm aware of. I've drank some randomly, but, yeah. uh, but the point is like, as somebody who helps people understand marketing, like just that is just so beautiful and pure. I just, I just love it, man. I love it so much. What are you working on now that you're really excited about? Okay. So uh is is it possible for me to go to the bathroom real quick because i want to i want to keep going can you do you edit this or no i can edit yeah if you don't mind i'm just gonna run to the bathroom sure. real quick because uh go for I'm it hold my all right thank you for that that was fast actually i i, I go quick baby uh all right so you, you asked me and cut in wherever you want but uh you asked me uh what i'm working on that i'm excited about and i guess mm-hmm. The real answer is everything. I, I, I'm excited about everything that I'm working on, but I, but I'm going to narrow it down for you. Um, I just hit play on what is either going to be a total flop or maybe we'll win an award someday for ideas because I hit play on what I believe to be an anti-marketing, like anti-funnel ad. Uh, and so um, what that is how do I explain this? Uh, basically, I tried to think of like, what would Steve Jobs do in my situation right now? Like what would somebody who's like a super essentialist, mm. um, like what is standing in the way of me helping people? This is this stuff we've been talking around is something yeah. that I really do think about all the time. Yeah. Um, and so I was thinking a lot about like, so what stands in the way? Why do these ships pass at night? And it's because something about the mustache or the way I said this thing in a video or, you know, oh, I introduced myself and I didn't quite get all the way in on the handshake. And now he thinks I'm weak or feeble, <laughs> like all these silly things that just are yeah. unnecessary. And so, and so what do we do? So, so what did I do? I said, you know, uh, I'm going to strip everything out of it. So there's no video, there's no copy basically. Um, it's essentially, it's at its root elements of the most essential thing I could possibly do to let people know what I do for them, for them. And, and if they're the person they'll know. Uh, and so what that is, I, I call it an anti-funnel is it literally is, um, you know, without going into the specifics, it's like seven different slides, but it's like, um, 
It's like, I solve seven figure problems. I solve your most expensive problem. You pick your price 100% guaranteed, right? And that's it. I solve expensive problems. That's what I do. I solve seven figure problems. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't solve six figure problems and I don't solve nine figure problems. There's probably some eight figure problems depending on the vehicle that I can solve, right? Um, and it turns out that from my side, I know a secret. And that secret is there's really only two. There's really only two seven figure problems. You either do not have market fit, in, in which case you can't clearly tell people what it is that you do or you don't do it well enough, um, mm -hmm. and so you're not selling enough of it, or you don't understand how to scale it. Again, it's clarity, undeniability, and scale, volume, right? Mm -hmm. And so those are really the only two problems in, in anything under a seven-figure business. There are all sorts of problems that happen above that, and there are all sorts of problems that happen below that you know, six figure, mid six figure mark, mm -hmm. but there's only really two problems when it comes to, to getting to, to a million dollar business, which seems to be like the entry point of where visionary entrepreneurs of small businesses want to get. Um, and so instead of essentially, if we think of what I've been doing, I don't know how interesting this is to anybody, but if you think about what I've been doing, it's basically, I've been, I made a thing and it was good. And then people did it and didn't do it and learned from it and didn't learn from it at whatever rate. And so I improved it. I built on it. And then I built on that. And then I built on that. And I'm capable of it. And I'm fucking here for it. So I'm building and I'm building and I'm building and I'm building. And what I found was I was standing behind this warehouse of information trying to figure out what sign to put on the building. Right? Like, here's all this stuff. I mean, we're doing marketing. We're doing sales. I have an AI course. We have a networking course. I have a pro podcasting course. We have a mastermind. We have a podcast, technically two. I've got a free group. We've got all these things, right? And the only way that I can possibly throw a lasso around the whole thing and feel like it was all worthwhile is not to put a sign on it, but to put the, everything behind me and throw it all away and just stand in front of the building and say, what's your problem? Mm -hmm. And if I can solve it, I'll tell you. And if I can't, I won't. And a lot of times I won't be able to. Mm -hmm. Like 90% of the time I won't be able to. But for those people that I can, I know I can. Mm -hmm. And so instead of letting whether or not I lit the room right or whether or not I um, did the algorithm in certain way, wrote the copy in such a way that the algorithm is going to give me a low CPM, fuck all of that. I just said, no, it's going to be white. It's going to have typewriter type content. There's no capital letters. Uh, and it's just as simple as possible. Uh, mm -hmm. And there's more to what I'm saying. Uh, it's just as simple as possible just to demonstrate to people, hey, look, if you, um, I solve valuable problems uh, for costly, I'm sorry, I, I solve I sell valuable solutions to costly problems is basically the line. It's like mm -hmm. I sell valuable solutions to costly problems. I guarantee them uh, you get to pick your price and that's it. And then I either agree or I don't agree and we're testing that. So I'm really excited about it, but I don't know anything about mm -hmm. it yet. I don't know if it worked by the time this comes out, I'll know if it worked or if I just abandoned <laughs> it. And so you'll be able to ask me then. When we opened this conversation and you said you were simplifying, that that speaks exactly volumes to simplification and i love how you said like you talked about putting a sign on this and packaging everything you've done making it pretty to sell or show to people or invite people in versus just standing in front what is the reason why this is all created in the first place right to solve pretty high value problems or they they, they can apply to those things depending on the problem. Yeah. I want to change your yeah. behavior. I want to, I want to yeah. help you 
I want to help you to learn. That's you asked earlier about my adventure and all this stuff. And I didn't go down this path then, but the thing that I love to do is to influence people. I love to learn what makes my life better. And then Mm -hmm. if it can make your life better, it's important to me that I show it to you. And so that's almost every CrossFit gym owner. That's, that's almost Mm -hmm. every, anybody that got an Apple watch and it changed the way that they exercise or whatever, like, you know, uh, when I got nobles, everybody got nobles, you know, uh, <laughs> it's not that they're necessarily better or worse. I like to help you learn. And by the definition we gave earlier, it's just same situation, different behavior. And so mm. if you've been doing what your system, the system you're running in your business isn't working, it's not presu- producing the desired result. You don't have a buoyant system that's rising in, in wealth. Well, then let's try something different. But so often you just kind of need to be pushed in, in, a, in a way to do that. Um, and I'm, I'm actually here for, for like so many different, uh, ways to make that happen, which is why I have so many different, uh, curiosities that I've pursued mm-hmm. into these little like snippets of mini courses and podcasts and videos and tools and frameworks and CRM, <clears throat> CRM, uh, all that stuff, all that stuff is just different things that we can try to fix your system so that it floats, you know, mm-hmm. and so that it rises. Yeah. Yeah, it really does challenge the like the normal way of doing things which is identify a niche solve one problem do one thing i've never really associated well with that because i personally have too many interests and i found a lot of things that work well and a lot of things that don't and with that you get this collection of skill sets and tools that you can, you don't really know what to do with all the time, but you know that they're valuable. And it's just a matter of getting people to sit down with you and have coffee and talk to them and get to know them. It really is a perfect reflection of exactly like what you want to be doing every day. Yeah. It's awesome, man. I appreciate that. I think, um, I don't know about this silly campaign or not, but, but at the end of the day, like it's getting so easy for me. It's just, it's the less I'm impersonating somebody that I once met or heard from or watched a video, the the less I do that, the more easy everything becomes. Mm -hmm. Um, The best compliment that I've ever had as a podcaster was uh, um, what is his first name? Alex, Alex Sanfilippo who owns Podmatch. Great guy, Uh, really great guy. And he's honestly like Elon Musk of, this like democratic podcast movement of like, everybody's got a podcast. He's one of those guys. He's like a really, really small business owner in a big business that impacts 50,000 people. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, But he said, you know, I was listening to your podcast today before I came on uh, and it's you, it's just, it's the same. It's you are you. And then I talk to you and it's you. And then if we're in sales call, it's you. And, and, And like all of those things, if I, when I, when I go to Easter with the family, this is who shows up. I might, might wear different clothes if my wife makes me, but like, that's, that's ultimately all it really is. Yeah. I wrote an email about this yesterday because I think it's so funny. It's like marketing is killing your business because either you're do you're not doing it because you're afraid of it, in which case it's killing your business, or mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're doing it and you're trying to sound like everybody else, in which case you're shouting at an, a crowd of people who can't differentiate you from anybody else. Um, yeah. Or three, you just need to be you. You need to actually find out what you are and what you stand for and how you answer the very particular questions that are in your world, right? Whether it's a business Mm -hmm. or even personally. And once you do that, then 
all of a sudden, like everybody talks about finding your voice, particularly like stand-up comedians or whatever, mm-hmm. finding your voice is just, just you being you and yeah. nobody else can compete with that. You know? Mm-hmm. And I think so often it's like, we, we look externally, like I was talking about earlier about, Oh, that guy did that. And that worked. So mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. Well, tough shit, man. That There was room for one on that trail and he already did it. So yeah. here we go. Hmm. Appreciate your time, Jason. This was, this was this was a ton of fun and and one way i like to uh, wrap these these conversations is sharing appreciation i i recognize jason throughout this entire conversation like everything you just said by the way about being you and showing up and like this there's no other version it's just this this is it this is what you get that certainly came across this entire conversation. Like I, I felt immediately from the very beginning that I was speaking to someone who has no filter because there is none needed because you're so like confident and cool with you. And sorry, I get distracted. There's a fly in here. Oh, you're good. And man, what, what, like the, there, it, the, term that comes to mind is like casual excellence hmm. thanks that's the, that's the term that's coming that's very kind of you to say i uh you intimidate me <laughs> i appreciate uh in, 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 a, in a way it's interesting because i'm mm. uh i, I in, in, and i mean that in mm. like a not a negative way at all but uh people that are people that are capable from when you very first meet them of being silent and still I think a lot of people, myself included, have some element of like, he sees me, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and there's another, there's a few people I can think of that are that way. I think, I think, uh, you that's know, that's a compliment. Like, I take that as a compliment. It is a compliment. Um, but, but, it, but genuinely like, um, it's, it's almost like quantum physics where it's like the art of being observed or the act of being observed changes the thing. Like I do feel like when I talk to you, like, especially when we first <laughs> talk to each other and it's not like, like I said, it's not a value judgment. It's just more mm-hmm. like there is a stillness about you. And like, um, it's like, uh, like you're a photo re- reactive, like sensor. It's like, you're just taking <laughs> it, in, you know, I, I admire that ah. because mm-hmm. I don't have that ability. You know, I, I told Mark once, Mark England, that mm-hmm. I think one of his brilliances, and I think this is where, talking about cults, I, I think this is where cult leaders get, <laughs> is people are only capable, even at the, our best, people are only capable of saying so many brilliant things in any given period of time. Mm-hmm. And people like Mark just shut the fuck up all the rest of the time. And I don't have that, I don't have that switch. <laughs> and so it's like, you you listen to Mark and it's like, if if Mark talks, going to be interesting it's going to be insightful or it's going to be like helpful it's going to be connecting to people or you know uh or making moving things in a good way i've never heard mark be like i probably have but you never hear mark be like i don't know what do you think about that like i don't know it's just like (laughs) it's not part of his repertoire and i admire that and i think you're Uh, you're you're very similar in that way thank you i'm I'm glad i can intimidate you that way (laughs) i'm open to being intimidated i I fight grown men for like for a hobby so i don't i don't mind uh i don't mind right being... oh man we didn't even get to talk about jujitsu how's yeah. that going for you uh very good uh i'm yeah. not going nearly as much as i want mm. to be going um but uh but i i i watch it constantly i watch <laughs> uh, t- training tutorials i go to class yeah. when i can uh but you know i 
I'm in a season of no right now because of the business. I just, I made a commitment, you know, mm. outwardly, but with gotcha. myself that I want to be the best in the world at what I do. And I just, right now, if I want to be a good dad and the best in the world at this, I just can't go to jujitsu four days a week. Yeah, uh, and so, totally. you know, so uh, that is an excuse. And I hope you guys are all out there judging me and feel free to send me <laughs> shitty comments. I'm happy with that too. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I went from like five days a week. I, I went to a week long camp where it was three sessions a day and we're doing wow. that again. That's our team retreat is the origin camp this year. Um, and uh, I just gotta, I gotta get back into it. I just- Is that I'm the one here. in, uh, they do it in, in, in Maine. Maine? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's oh, epic. I would love dude. to go to that. When you is come. It? It's awesome. It's I've August. been hearing about it every year. When is it? It's awesome. October? It's, it's August. 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 It's like right after. It's the. It's a big, really bougie, like looks like a movie set uh, summer camp. And mm -hmm. it's the week after everybody goes back to school. So like some of the counselors are still there and mm. we come for a week. Yeah. I'm going to clear my schedule. I'll find. Send it might be sold out. It might be sold out. You might want to check. Yeah. But I'll All send right. you some info. It's, dude, it's great. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I, I roll with. Uh, with some some great guys, world champion uh, Miguel Torres was a UFC fighter and uh, um, you know WEC and all that other stuff and yeah love love jujitsu, um, dude. Don't get me started. We could talk about jujitsu is the best <laughs> metaphor for life you can find. Uh, yes, it is, and we'll save that for a private yeah. conversation. Of course. <laughs> yeah. All right, brother. Uh, Spearing Clover podcast. That's where people can hear your voice. They can find you on the the, the, the internet where yeah i'm not hard to find um spearandclover.com jason skisik yeah. on instagram uh, would love to hear from you if you're still listening to this you must love matt so uh make sure you like subscribe and share this <laughs> podcast with a friend uh because he's he's doing really great stuff this is really appreciate great work and, uh, and i'm excited to see what goes from here thanks jason appreciate you man All right, then. enjoy the rest of your day you too buddy